Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Real Conversations. I hope all is well. I pray all is well. And if it is not, I need you to trust and believe that it can and it will get better. So today, I want to talk about something that has been a little personal for me. But in this journey of transparency and speaking truths, um, this is something that I felt that I needed to give this message regarding the importance of a father. Um, today I was scrolling on social media and I came across a video of a guy who, um, I watched a couple of his videos, but today he was talking about, um, how, you know, his experience with realizing how much time he had missed with his daughter because you know as a youth he was you know doing things obviously that caused him to you know get in, be, you know to become incarcerated so he missed out on a large part of his daughter's life and you know once he realized how much time he lost and how how precious time was you know he started to see things um, through a different perspective. So, you know, obviously he had to do a lot of growth, um, learning some, you know, education and growing and, you know, just going through the growing pains of, you know, realizing the importance of being a father. And so it brought back a lot of memories for me and it resonated with me because, uh, you know, my father, I never lived physically with my father in the same house. However, my father was always very present in my life. My father, no matter where he went in this world, he always made sure that he called me, checked on me, looked for me. Um, if he had to send me a few dollars, he would do that. And he would always talk to me. My father was a talker. You know, he was not a loud person. He wasn't very... Um, you know, like authoritative, but he was more of a teacher, uh, an educator. And I think that's probably where I get it from. And so he would always talk to me and, you know, instill certain things in me, like, you know, make sure you go to school and make sure you get an education and make sure, you know, you're able to be independent and stand on your own two feet and you have your own. You know, he taught me how to get a bank account. He told me what to do, how to get my ID and just do things to help me become independent and self-sufficient. And, you know, when you're young, you don't realize a lot of things and you don't understand things. So you just kind of like, okay. But my mother didn't teach me any of those things. It was my father. The presence of my father in my life made such a huge difference. And i tell you why. Because... You know, I remember times growing up, obviously, my mother and father, they had their differences. And, you know, for whatever reason, uh, maybe I'll say that for another podcast, but, you know, not to say anything negative about my parents, because that's not what I'm using my platform to do. I don't speak negativity, but I'm speaking truths. And so my father, every time he would try to come, you know, to visit me or pick me up or, to, you know, spend time with me, my mother would always argue with him. My mother would always find something to pick a fight. He would always, you know, try to just say, hey, you know, let me just, you know, come pick up my daughter. I just want to take us for some ice cream. You know, ice cream, you know, going to Carvel's was like the big thing or going to McDonald's was like heaven. 
you know, you could get a Happy Meal, get an ice cream, things like that. He would come and pick up um, me, and then he would go pick up my brothers and, um, you know, try to spend time with his kids. The presence of a father. It didn't matter about, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about him coming to my house and just dropping off toys and gifts and things like that. But the presence that he had, you know, just trying to be the best father that he could be. And I always gave him love and respect for that because no matter how many times my mother fought with him, how many times my mother argued with him, he still kept coming. He still kept checking on me. He still kept making sure that I was okay. He still kept making sure I was getting good grades. He was still making sure that I was doing what I needed to do. Growing up in the hood was not easy. And he knew that. And he understood the presence of being a father, even though he was long distance and even though he, you know, he was in the military and he moved around a lot and he was, you know, you know, back and forth between the states and the islands and things like that. But he always made sure he had a presence in my life. So, you know, when I was 15, I had my oldest daughter. I was a teenage mom. And obviously I was young. Her dad was young. And, you know, we were just naive. You know, we didn't know anything about life. We didn't know anything about parents, being parents. You know, he um, had a rough childhood. You know, he was raised by his aunt uh, because his parents had some personal issues and things like that. And so, you know, we were friends. You know, we were neighbors. Like, we just had, like, a a cute little, um, you know, dating thing. And... You know, one thing happens, the next thing, you know, here I am, 15, having a baby. Um, So obviously, time passed, things go on, and like I said, we're young, we're naive, we don't know anything, we really don't have any guidance, we really didn't have any structure in terms of dealing with that type of situation. And um, so here we are, young parents, and obviously, you know, we had to go through some growing pains and things like that. We drifted apart. and But it wasn't by my doing. You know, I was, even though I was in the hood and I, you know, was doing hood things, I was still about my education and still about going to school and trying to do something for myself. And when I had my daughter, that was more motivation for me to do what I had to do for her and get myself where I needed to be. You know, so I still went to school. I still graduated high school. Uh, I still went to college. I still did what I had to do. I went to beauty. Like, I've done what I had to do for myself. I was always very business-oriented, goal-oriented, driven, you know, even though I was in the hood. But her father chose, you know, the hood life, the street life, um, doing a lot of crazy things and just, you know, doing whatever he was doing. And that was not my life. So... Obviously, you know, we grow in different directions because I wasn't, and some other things happened, you know, between him and I, and, you know, we, we had, we didn't speak for, uh, for years and, you know, it used to bother me because it bothered my daughter, not just me, but it bothered my daughter because like I said, we grew up in the hood. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows her. And, you know, it used to break my heart when people would come up to her and say, 
oh, hey, oh, my God, you're so beautiful. You look like your dad. How's your dad doing? And my daughter would just have this blank stare on her face. And she would just be looking at them. And I know it used to eat her alive because she didn't know her father. She didn't have a relationship with her father. She saw pictures of him. She knew of him. Like I said, he was in and out of jail. Um, You know, when he was out of jail, he was non-existent, you know, very flighty, pathological liar. You know, he would come and go. He would make promises and would never keep them. But every time you saw him, he was fresh to death. I've never seen him wear a pair of Air Force Ones twice. He had Air Force Ones in every color. Had everything to match, whole outfit to match. I never saw him wear anything twice. And it was just sad that, you know, I never did anything to him uh, for him to totally just ignore his daughter. And time went on, time went on. You know, obviously, uh, like I said, he moved around. He, you know, did whatever he did. He went on and he had more kids. I went on and I had children. And you know, obviously social media became a thing and, you know, we reconnected and we sat down and we hashed out some personal differences that we have. Um, Did I forgive him? Yes, because obviously we were young, we were naive, we didn't know anything about life uh, and nobody's perfect, you know, but it was, okay, let's, you can't fix the past, but let's get to a point where we can move forward. And my daughter had a hard time opening up to him. She had a hard time, um, you know, allowing him back in her life. And that was something that I talked to her about, something that I prayed with her about, because I was always big on communication, because like I said, I got this from my dad, and I understood the presence of having a father in your life. And so I never made it difficult for him. He always knew where to find me. He always knew how to get in contact with me. But for whatever reason, uh, he just didn't. And like I said, we sat down and we got to a point where we, you know, we spoke and we hashed things out. And he says to me, well, I never really, and it's no excuse, but, you know, I didn't worry about her because I knew you was a good mother and I knew you was going to take care of her. And... Anybody who knows me out that will tell you I've never been about money. I've always been about doing the right thing and doing what you're supposed to do. I don't care what you do with your money. I don't care with what you do with your time. However, when it comes to your children, your children should always be a priority. And so we, you know, time went on and, you know, things happened and, you know, he tried and you know, there were times where he would try to call me and or he would call me and he would express to me, you know, like my daughter wasn't answering her phone and, you know, reaching out. And I understood that I had to be the bridge to try to connect them back together. So years go by and, you know, this is the thing back and forth. My daughter is obviously grown at this point and, you know, I can't force her. You know, I could only be the vessel and I could only be the voice and explain to her and say, listen, you know, we were young and, you know, your father wasn't perfect. And not that I forgive him for anything that he not that I hate him, but understand that we were young. Understand that, you know, he doesn't know what the value of family is because he didn't have that structure. 
And even though I didn't have that structure, I still had the presence of my father in my life. And so my father was always somebody who I could call on, you know, pick up the phone and call him up to this day. You know, I call my father every Sunday. I have a, a, you know, I speak to my dad every Sunday and trust and believe if I don't call him, he will call me. And he will not let that week finish out before calling me. And we talk about whatever. Whatever he feels like talking about, I let him talk. And so me and my father, we have a very good relationship. And that was important to me. It, I don't, I, whatever personal differences, people grow. Relationships fail. But when it comes to your kids, I am big on doing what you have to do for the kids. I don't care what you do with your time. I don't care what you do with your money. But when it affects my children, then it bothers me. It bothers me. So, you know, time went on and um, my daughter started to open up to her dad. And, you know, finally things were picking up for him and her. And they were building their relationship. And one thing with me, I don't get involved. You know, I just encourage. I just, like I said, be the vessel so that they can, you know, try to mend whatever it is. Because nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. But it's what you do moving forward. Once you apologize and once you say, okay, let's move forward, let's do the work. That's the kind of person I am. Let's do the work. I'm not going to go back and forth and talk about what happened 10 years ago, 15 years. That's irrelevant. Let's do the work. And so time went on and, um, you know, I noticed that, you know, his appearance was deteriorating. You know, he was, uh, his skin was looking different. He was losing a lot of weight. Um, His hair was graying, you know, like turning gray faster. Like he was just aging really quick. And I remember calling my daughter and I said, you know, hey, what's wrong with your dad? And she's like, I don't know. I don't don't know. Something is wrong. Maybe he's stressed out. Maybe he's going through something. So I said, oh, okay. And, you know, like I said, we we had a good conversation. You know, we we talked about everything. And it kind of hurt me that, you know, he wouldn't open up to me in that way. And I'll never forget one day he posted um, a picture on social media. And he was laying on top of a car and he was like drunk or drinking. And I'm like... So I, you know, me, I, the person that I am, I, I messaged him and I called, like, listen, like, well, what's wrong with you? I said, listen, I said, I don't know what you're going through, but take that picture off social media. I said, everybody don't need to know your business. I said, because not everybody has your best interest at heart. I said, if you're going through something and you need to talk to somebody, call me, pick up the phone and call me. We could talk about it. We could pray about it. Whatever it is, I'm here for you. Like I said, I don't care what happened 20 years ago. That's the past. We, I'm over that. You know, we're in a different place. We're all grown now. We're all mature. Let's move according. You know, let's be mature about this. And, you know, he talked to me for a few minutes. And he says, you know, you're right, you're right. And he took the picture down. So, again, you know, like I said, um, you know, he, he, he worked close to where I lived. And I would randomly pop in his job or he would randomly pop at, pop up at my house. And, you know, I noticed his behaviors was a little bit like distant. And then as I was talking to him over the phone a few times, I noticed he had this bad cough. 
and he kept saying, oh, I'm going to go to the doctor. You know, I work in the medical field. So I'm like, hey, you know, you need to go get that checked out. And this was right before COVID. This is right before COVID hit. And I kept saying, you know, you need to go get checked out. You have a bad cough. You have this cough. That, that cough won't go away. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to go. So now we find out that my daughter is pregnant. And we are having our first grandchild. And we were excited. You know, we finally get to move into this new phase in our life and become grandparents. And so, you know, we had conversations, you know, we talked about things here and he was excited. You know, he was telling me how he was looking forward to, you know, being a grandfather. And, you know, even though he wasn't a part of my daughter's life, um, that, you know, he, he, he was looking forward to being a grandfather, you know, because now he, you know, he has like a, a second chance. And, you know, we didn't reject him. We didn't, you know, make him feel any kind of way. We didn't make him feel bad. And, um, you know, we embraced the journey. And so here we are. It comes to the day of her baby shower. And it's so funny because, you know, I can be not a bully, but I, I, I'm very straightforward. And I stopped at his job and I said, listen, and, you know, we had a conversation about, you know, coming to the baby shower and, you know, how things were going to go. And I said, listen, you know, you can come, you can bring your other children, your other family. Uh, everybody is invited. I just don't want no drama. And I said, and if there's going to be drama, then you come by yourself. I didn't tell my daughter and he was and he we spoke about buying a stroller and everything and I was a little you know pissed off with him because you know like I said he was his behaviors was a little flighty because you know he has that tendency to be flighty you know he'll say he's gonna do something and then don't do it and so here he goes the day of the baby shower he shows up and it was like the air left the room. Everybody looked around like, oh my God, he's here. What did you say to him? How did you get him to come? Like, oh my God, like they, they, nobody couldn't. I said, listen, I said, I don't know and I don't care. I said, all I know is he's here and that's all that matters. Because here's the thing. My daughter was about 25, 26 when she had my granddaughter. 25, 26 when she had my granddaughter. He was never present for anything in her life. Birthdays, Christmases, holidays, special occasions, graduations, nothing. I think he might have came to two of her birthday parties. So I didn't tell my daughter that he was coming because I didn't want her to be disappointed. I didn't want her to be heartbroken. I wanted her to enjoy her day because it was all about her and bringing life into this world. And so... When he came, it was like, you know, everybody who hasn't seen him in years, they embraced him. They, you know, we laughed, we talked, we ate. You know, we had a good time. We enjoyed ourselves. And I would never forget, at some point, you know, obviously I'm hosting a baby shower. I'm running around. I went outside, and he was sitting on a wall, crying. I've never seen that man cry like that before. And so I said, well, what happened? What, what? And all he kept saying was, I missed so much of her life. 
And it took me back a minute. I said, he said, I missed so much of her life. Not by my doing, not because I was a bitter, angry, crazy baby mother that kept his child away from him. It was all his doing because he chose and he made a decision not to be a part of his child's life. And I didn't understand at the time why he was crying. So I kindly said to him, I said, listen, I said, you here now? That's all that's important. I said, enjoy the day, enjoy the moment. I said, at the end of the day, we family. I said, we're going to welcome new life. We're going to welcome our granddaughter. I said, the things that you weren't able to do for your daughter, just be that for your granddaughter. And we hugged and, you know, he wiped the tears away from his eyes. And, you know, I left him alone and I gave him a minute. And then when my daughter came, she didn't know her father was going to be there. She cried. I said, go outside and talk to your dad. I didn't ask her what they spoke about. I don't even care. what. Up to this day, I still don't even know what they spoke about. It's not my business. Just go outside and, and have a moment with your dad. Because that's the kind of person that I, I'm a bigger person than that. Because I understand it's not about me. I understand about the presence of having a father in your life. So... Baby shower was in about August, October. We found out that he had cancer and his prognosis was not good. And I, like I said, I work in a medical field. And once I realized that, I went into praying mode. But by the time we found out, it was really not much time left. So he was able to see his granddaughter once I mean we sent pictures and it it was weird because he kept asking me like for months he was like can you send me pictures of her can you send me pictures and I'm like well why you keep asking me for all these pictures like what but you know I didn't argue with him I just sent him whatever pictures I could find but it all made sense because here's the thing he knew he was dying he knew he was dying we had no clue we had no idea we didn't know We didn't know any of it. By the time we found out, it was literally like on his last days. I remember going to visit him a few times in the hospital. And just the look on his face. Because at the end of the day, the things that he did to me was not right. How he treated his daughter was not right. But in his death, I was there. In his death, I was willing to still help him. In his last days, I was still willing to go over there and help him take a meal because he wasn't eating. Do you need a nutriment? Do you need a, a, a sport chick? Something. In his last days, I the way he cried. He cried because guess what? The streets, the jail, all the crazy things that he was out there doing, all the, it didn't matter at the end. All he wanted was time, which he was not going to have, which he knew was running out. The presence of a father in a child's life 
is so important. So a lot of these men make excuses and try to blame the mothers. Oh, like I said, my father was a man. He understood the presence of his, his, the presence he had in my life. Because no matter how many times my mother argued and fought with him, he still came around. That's why they can't tell. I don't argue. I don't argue. I'm going to let you do whatever it is that you need to do for you. Because when it's all said and done, you can't point the finger back at me and blame me and say, I kept you. Oh, I kept, I'm, she kept. Mm-mm. That's not how I operate. That's not how I operate. That's not who I am. And unfortunately, he's not here to, you know, tell his side of the story. But it's verified. It's verified. So I say all of this to say, men need to stop making excuses on why they don't do what they're supposed to do for their children. They need to stop blaming the kids' mothers. Because it's not always the kids' mother. And here's the thing. If a mother keeps a child from their father, usually it's for a reason. Usually it's for a reason. It's to shield their kids from the hurt and the pain and the disappointment. That's what people don't understand. That's what people don't get. They think, oh, she just bitter. Oh, she just angry. Oh, she just mean. No. Because kids don't understand. Kids don't see things the way you see things because they're still kids. But as a mother, when you love your kids, you try to shield them from as much hurt and pain as possible. Because every time somebody would say to my daughter, oh, hey, you know, you look so beautiful. Oh, my God, you're like your dad. You look like your dad. And it would would hurt her. And I couldn't shield her from that. I couldn't protect her from that. My daughter had everything that she wanted and needed. And anybody who know, know. But the one thing I couldn't give her was her father. The one thing I couldn't be was her father the presence of a father in the child's life. I don't have any biological sons, but understand that what men do to their children affects how they function when they try to go and have relationships. Because here's what's the thing. They don't know how to trust. They don't know how to love. They don't know how to believe and have faith in someone because they have been heartbroken from a very early age. People want to say what they want to say, but they're not going to speak it the real way, the truth, the presence of a father. I love my dad. I'm a daddy's girl, and I'm proud to say that because my father never turned his back on me, despite what my mother tried to do despite my mother arguing with him despite my mother trying to fight with him every chance she got my father always and then my father said you know something listen you get into a certain point in your life you're getting to a certain age now where I don't have to go through your mom to make sure that you have what you need here's what you do and once you get that let me know I'm going to send you a postal money order 
My father still sends me postal money orders to this day. And if he don't send it for me, he sends it for my kids. He makes sure that his granddaughters have, even if it's $20, $50, something for books, something for school, whatever it is, he sends it. The presence of a father. So I always give my father the utmost respect. And that's why I don't have no tolerance and no patience for no man that make excuses on why they can't do what they're supposed to do for their kids. Because if you're a good father, people will know that you're a damn good father. So I say all of this to say, Time waits for no man. Time waits for no man. Because as I watch my daughter's father laying on his deathbed, crying, crying, because he wished he had more time to fix his relationship with his children. He didn't, he didn't talk, the, the things that, I'm not even going to talk about what he said about his family, because that's a whole other podcast. Just the fact that he didn't fix what he needed to fix with his children. Was heartbreaking to see. Was heartbreaking to sit there and to see him deteriorate the way he did. I don't wish that on nobody. Not even my, I don't even have any enemies to be honest with you. I don't wish that on anybody. But you see, here's the thing. When you don't humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, life will humble you. God will find a way to humble you. So this is why I don't argue. I don't fight. I keep quiet and I let you do whatever it is that you want to do. Because at the end of the day, you can't say, oh, she did this. You can't blame me. Mm Mm-mm. Not I. You will not. Fathers, you have to learn to take accountability for your actions and the things that you do and how you treat your children. Because there's going to come a time where you're going to need those same children. And if you don't treat your children right, if you don't do right by your children, it's in the Bible. Look it up. It says, fathers, do not anger your children. Be slow to anger your children. It's in the Bible. Humble yourselves. Take accountability. Stop making excuses. Stop sleeping around with women if you have no intentions on taking care of your children. Stop creating children and lying to women. And then now when the children come, you turn their backs and you blame the mother. Stop being a coward. That's cowardice behavior. I have no respect for any man that makes excuses on why he can't do what he's supposed to do for his kids. Why he would ignore his kids. Why he would turn his back on kids. Birthdays, Christmas, holidays, school time. I mean, when you go buy a pair of sneakers, I mean, damn, you can't pick up a shirt for your kids. 
You can make excuses. You got money for the clubs. You got money for the bars. You got money for alcohol. You got money for weed. You got money to spend on your women. You got money to make sure you look good. Your haircut smelling good. If you got a car, your car is nice and shined up and cleaned and ready to go for the weekend. But a mother has to beg you for anything for your kids. That's a shame. You fathers need to be held accountable for the things that you do and how you act. Because, like I said, if you don't get it together, God is going to fix you and get you, she's going to straighten you right on out. Because you can't run. And if you run, you can't go too far. Because time will eventually run out. Time will eventually run its course. Fix it. Fix it. Time waits for no man. Hold yourselves accountable. Nobody is saying that you have to be the perfect father because there's no such thing as a perfect father. Because my father wasn't perfect, but I always give my father the utmost respect because he never turned his back on me. Never. I know they always say, oh, well, you know, I didn't have a father. Oh, I didn't. Oh, my father was just, they make excuses. So be better than your father. You know how it feels to be broken. You know how it feels to be hurt or to not have your father present in your life. So why would you turn around and give your child that same hurt and that same pain? It doesn't make sense. Fix it. Have a blessed day. Hello, 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 hello. I hope all is well. I pray all is well. And if it is not, I need you to trust and believe and just know that it can and it will get better. So today... Um, I'm stopping in with part two of a message regarding the presence of a father. And this is a topic that, you know, have is always a debate, always, um, you know, dialogue going back and forth about what's right, what's wrong, and who's at fault, and just trying to get some kind of clarity and understanding. But it's a topic that seems to, for whatever reason, just won't go away because people are not being realistic about the issues at hand and getting to the root of the problem. And so I'm stopping in with this message as a mother as a woman as a mother and a woman who has daughters and I said in my other podcast my father was not a perfect father but I understood the presence in his life my father taught me a lot 
My father talks to me about everything. My father and I, we have a very good relationship. And I've always wanted that for my children. But unfortunately, I didn't make good decisions in in regards to choosing uh, better partners to be, you know, to have children with. And, you know, I hold myself to a level of accountability for that. And, you know, that's a part of this growth thing. And that's a part of, you know, understanding. And so, again, this message is for men. It takes a lot to raise a child. And it's not about just money. It's your time. It's your patience, it's your energy, it's your understanding, it's your love. What you, your seeds, these are your seeds. What you plant, if you don't water it, obviously it will not grow. It's confusing. And it's mind-boggling to me that when you talk to a lot of men, the first thing they say is, oh, well, you know, my father was never there for me, or my mother this, or my mother that. And, you know, obviously we all, you know, have our childhood traumas and issues and things like that. But as a father, how do you sleep at night knowing that you have children who need you, who depends on you, and you refuse to do the right thing and be responsible for your children for whatever reason when your kids are sick you know mothers have to do so much we still have to work we still have to figure out how to pay the bills we have to provide and keep things going for them and let's not even talk about daily necessities is one thing but let's not talk about the extracurricular activities if they're involved, my kids are involved in something. They all, all of them have been involved in something, with some kind of sport, some kind of activity. Those things cost money. I have girls. It's hair. It's maintenance. It's pads. It's lotion, deodorant. Those things cost money. These kids didn't ask to be here. And what men fail to realize is that the first male that these females encounter is their father. And how do you expect... And then you talk about daddy issues. It's a real thing. Because the first person that they come into contact with other than their mother is their father. And if their father is missing or not present or non-existent, they don't really fully understand. They have trust issues. They can't depend on this man because he lies to them. He manipulates them. And when I say lie to them, oh, yeah, I'm going to get you this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to come see you. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Oh, yeah. And then don't follow through with the things that they, just basic things. They don't, they don't come through with that. And so you grow up and you become a, a woman and now you don't trust men because you see how your father used to lie. You see how your father used to manipulate your mother. You see how your father treat other women. You see how he talked to other women and how he, if your father is even around. It's not healthy. 
It's toxic. It's toxic behavior. And once you understand and once you learn those things, you become a better person. And you owe it to yourselves and your children because you teach your daughters how to be loved by the way you show love. And I understand that people can only love from their capacity of what they consider love is, and I get it. But anybody with any common sense know you can feel that something is not right. Okay, this is not, this is not right. As a man, you watch your mother struggle. You watch your mother go through things. So why would you now bring children into this world and be okay with watching their mother struggle with watching your children struggle and men will say oh I don't have it but as a mother we don't have that option we have to go get it we have to find it and then I don't knock nobody I don't knock nobody's hustle I don't knock how you because I know as a mother you do what you have to do for your kids and sometimes as a mother you do things that you go against who you are and what you but you got to make sure your kids is good so you go do what you got to do and when you go do what you got to do you're ridiculed for it or or you're talked about or you're shamed or you're made to feel as if you you doing something wrong because all you're trying to do is provide for your kids because you learn as a woman from an early age that you cannot depend on a man. You cannot rely on a man to come through for you. Daddy issues. It's just a vicious cycle. When at some point is it going to end? When do you hold yourself accountable for the things that you do, your responsibilities? And then let's talk. And then we'll have the nerve. Like I said, a guy will go and make sure he got his hair cut. He make sure he got a new outfit. Make sure he's smelling good, looking good, cleaned up. Everything is, but won't take care of his kids. And then get mad if the child's mother asks for a few dollars. If you you get oh I'll see if I got it all. I'll see what I could do. I'll let you know. Oh if, but. They find time to be in the bars. They find time to be in the clubs. They find time to be ripping and running the streets. They find time to go places and do things with their homeboys, their homies, the hood. They find time to be frowsing around with women, but neglect their children. Neglect their children. They purposely inflict the same pain and hurt that they have from their childhood issues onto their children and think that that's okay and continuously make excuses and then will turn around and get mad at the child's mother if the child's mother takes them to child support to make them do something that they are obligated to do. You create this child. You don't want children? Be accountable. Wrap it up. Go get a vasectomy. Go do whatever it is you got to do. Stop sleeping around with women. 
lying to them, acting like you want a family, acting like you want to be in relationships. As soon as a woman lets their guard down with a man, he in turn hurts her by doing the same manipulative, lying things that her father did. Daddy issues. Again, it's a vicious cycle. When does it end? When does it stop? When do you hold yourself to a level of accountability? And here's the crazy thing. And this is a fact. I could attest to it. I've spoken to other women and they could attest to it. A man will not take care of their kids. They would find a hundred reasons why they can't bring you $50, $20, whatever it is. But if you invite him over and let him know that you're willing to spread your legs for him, he'll find a way to get there. He'll leave his girl. He'll leave his other baby mothers. He'll leave his wife. He'll do whatever. Just to come and get a little piece of whatever you're going to give him. But will fight you. Ignore you. Block you. When you ask him for anything for your kid. That's some backward ass shit. It doesn't make sense. So I always talk to a lot of my guy friends and I keep it all the way real. I don't I don't sugarcoat much. And and that's who I've always been. I, I don't sugarcoat a lot. I'll say what I need to say and, and, you know, it's either you respect it or you reject it. But at the end of the day, if you're going to play, play fair, play right. Let women know up front what they're dealing with. Protect yourself. Have enough respect for yourself to protect yourself and protect that woman. Because it's all fun and games until the baby comes. Now... It's a whole nother ball game. Now you feel like, quote unquote, she's trying to trap you. Newsflash, trap you for what? Because half of you guys really don't have much. Let's be clear, let's be honest. Half of you guys, majority of you guys don't have much. The car you're driving probably ain't in your name. And if you got a car, it's probably because of the woman or whoever helped you get the car. Half of the stuff you got, you got because another woman helped you get it. And that's real talk. Speaking facts. A lot of you men are codependent and struggling because y'all have mommy and daddy issues. But y'all so afraid to address it. So again, hurt people hurt people. Even at the expense of your own children. How do you sleep at night? How are you comfortable? Walking around talking about I'm a man, I'm a man. But you ain't doing man shit. How are you comfortable? Lying and manipulating. And doing things to serve yourself. Not to serve anybody else, but to serve yourself, feeding your ego. 
something is wrong. Y'all need to go get healing. Y'all need to go fix some things because a lot of shit ain't right with y'all. And then here's the other thing about this. You know, we as women, we're very, and I won't say all, are very loving, can be very nurturing. We will put up with and deal with far too much to help you. And the same women that's trying to help you, you shit on them. You treat them the worst. You hate them. And all they trying to do is help you and love you and build you up. To help you get someplace in life. And y'all treat these women the worst. Trust me, I've been there. I know. The absolute worst. You do the most disrespectful stuff to the women that's just trying to help you become a better man. And you can't even see it. You can't even see it. That you would be so full of yourself that you would ignore ignore your children and then again you're going to get to a point one day where you're going to turn around and you're going to need them saying kids and them kids going to look back on you and they're going to break shit down to you and tell you things that you don't even know that they knew. kids are a lot smarter than what you think you got to give your kids credit because even though they can't articulate it and put it into words they have a feeling, they have an understanding, they have a knowing. And when they finally get to articulate it and put it into words and express what they're feeling and how you're feeling and the things that you did, you'd be surprised. I learned so much from my kids. Just sitting and listening to them have conversations sometimes. Things that I didn't even think they were aware of, they knew. They shed so much light on me that I had to sit back and be like, wow. Wow. Kids are not stupid. And it blows my mind when you have a parent who talks negative about the other parent to their children. That to me is crazy. Because regardless of how you feel about that other parent, the kids are not stupid. The kids know. The kids know the difference. The kids know who was there for them. The kids know who who put them to bed at night, who woke them up in the morning, who got them dressed for school, who made sure they had cereal, who made sure that the school forms, the physical forms, all these little things were signed and this, that, and the other head did. They had some juices to go to school. They know who helped them learn how to tie their shoe, who helped them do their homework, who helped them. Listen, I could go on and on and on. They know. Trust me, I've been there. So, I say this to say to the men. Fix your mommy and daddy issues. Become better fathers. Become better men. Do right by your children. Do right by your children. 
Why is that so hard? What what is it's it's not hard. And the first thing a father say, oh, everything is about money. No, it's not. No, it's not. Pick your child up and take them to the park. Teach them how to ride a bike. What are you teaching them? What are you showing them about life? What are you instilling in them? Because I understood the presence of a father from a very early age. My father was always present in my life. No matter where he went in this world, my father still picked up the phone and called me. Send me your report card. How are you? How's this? How's that? How's school? What are you doing? What what are you going to do with school? What are you going when you graduate? What's your plan? He always always had a presence in my life. You men need to get it together because the children are becoming smarter and smarter. Technology They're able to learn a lot more. They're understanding more. They're becoming more vocal. They're becoming more independent. They are figuring shit out faster. And when you are not present in a child's life, you teach them how to live and navigate this life without you. So now, here you are, 10, 20, 15 years, how many have time? And they looking at you crazy. Like, who are you? Why are you here? Who sent you? Because you taught them how to live without you. You taught them how to function in this world without you and how to fend for themselves without you. So just because your name may be on a birth certificate or just because you may pay some child support here and there because you're being forced to pay the child support, just because you feel like, oh, I'm your father and this and like you feel entitled to something, like you have a right. You don't. You don't. You haven't earned anything. You have not earned anything in that child's life because you did nothing. And if you did, it was probably the bare minimum. You can't breadcrumb your kids and expect them to embrace you and welcome you with loving and open arms. It takes a lot to learn to forgive. But with also with that, it has to be some changed behavior. And if you can't, as a father and as a man, reflect and sit back and say, damn. And change your behavior. You can't change the past, but change your behavior moving forward. You'll never be able to get those years back. But you'll never really be able to build a bond with your kids if you don't fix your shit. So my advice to all you fathers, look in the mirror, because I can't even understand how you wake up and go to bed every night and not feel some kind of way. If hurting your kids don't hurt you, something is wrong.
when you look at your kids, and I'm just going to speak for me, when I look at my kids and I see them, I see a reflection of myself. I see pieces of me in each one of my children. Even with my granddaughter, I see pieces of her in me. And that's my motivation to keep going. That's my motivation to go get it. That's my motivation to make it happen. Cause I want to make sure. And that's not just and I'm and it's not just birthdays and Christmases and special occasions. I want to make sure I'm present and I'm alive in every moment, in every aspect of their life. Fathers, stop complaining and stop making excuses. And I'm not talking about every woman. Because, yeah, there are some trifling women out there. But if you know that your kid or your kids have a good mother, respect her. Treat her with respect. Even if y'all can't be together, you still have to have a level of respect for that mother, for that woman. Because she is carrying the weight and the burden of so many things all at once and still trying to keep it together. Carrying pressures that you know nothing about. And just little things go a long way. And if you treat her with respect and you do right by your kids, you wouldn't have as many problems as you have. And that's real talk. You would not have as many problems as you have because you're doing what you're supposed to do. You're doing the right thing. And I say this, any woman will say, yo, my, my, I wouldn't have a problem. Listen, I don't care. As long as he's doing what he got to do for his kids and we could communicate and this in a healthy communication style. You would alleviate so much of your problems, but because you grew up in a dysfunctional, chaotic atmosphere with mommy and daddy issues, wouldn't that want to motivate you to be better, to do better, to create a better atmosphere for your kids because you knew what you went through as a kid? It don't make sense. Go fix your shit. Have a good one.